Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. How do you feel about storms and hurricanes in general? Anyway, big fan, huge yeah? fan. Yeah, I like to chase them <laughs> across the Atlantic. No, I don't. <laughs> should I have an opinion? They're bad, right? I don't know, man. You should have an opinion. Yeah, it's here. I, I saw a tweet today that said um, Ireland's the only country in the world that looks forward to having a storm just to see what the crack is with it. That's one hundred percent. I I heard uh, like several people in a bar like going like, "Geez, I'd love another snow." You remember that big the snow, snow that yeah. we had? That was yeah. great. Now I'd love that again. Yeah, I could go for some snow right now. <laughs> it's tsunami. I don't mean cocaine. Another tsunami, maybe. He means cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dave Hanready, and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 186 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I'm joined by Craig Fitzpatrick. Hello. Dahio Droni. Hello, how are you? And a very special guest that I'm delighted to finally welcome on the show, BBC Radio 1 DJ and recently published author, Philly Taggart. Woo! Woo! Does it kind of recently published? Have you self-published it? Yeah. It's been published. Like, so, like, it exists. Hella fancy. I'm I mean, yeah. holding it here. in my yeah. hand right now. Phil Taggart's Slacker Guide to the Music Industry, a beautiful book that you kindly sent me over the summer, but that's not why you're on. I, I can't. I no, can't, no, I can't no, be no, but seriously, buy my book. I want to be really rich. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people what the book is. The book is, it is, uh, it's Ron Seal. It is exactly that. It is a guide to the music industry. And I did it through interviews with artists and and the music industry as well so like from artists like Biffy Claro to Run the Jewels to Lil Sims to Loyal Carner, Blossom Slaves uh, George Ezra and then like on top of that like bands like Wolf Fallis you've got like people talking about um, 
like they're the best booking agents the best publishers they, mm. the, the people who know the shit that you actually need to know yeah and i got it all together and i wrote um words in between those <laughs> interviews to try and make it in some way <laughs> shape or form uh actually entertaining it, it is like it's fun you've written in a very conversational tone like yeah I, try, I thought like a book about the music industry could be like genuinely one of the driest things that you could possibly write <laughs> yeah. about um I and mechanical royalties actually is <laughs> looking after the artist um so yeah i just i put my own uh shithousery to to work in in amongst the interviews well there's an honesty in there because you've talked about your own music <clears> career <throat> your own kind of start and, and how you got going and how everyone gets going really where like the very first thing that you ever do will not be glamorous it will not no, no, perfect. You have to fuck up a lot. Well, definitely. I mean, like that—that's that, that, the whole idea is like about failing, and like you will fail quite a lot when you when you start out making music or, or any sort of creative endeavor. You or will, just in life, yeah, in I've yeah. Found, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all about the bounce back, isn't it? And like, I think the the book does encourage people to do a lot of the stuff themselves, and and you know, sort of get off their ass and do the DIY um, aspect of it. Because I mean. Apart, apart from like 0.0001% of music makers actually have people doing it for them. Yeah, the ma- e- even like up until like the, the top artists, like look at like Lewis Capaldi as an example, right? Um, it's not like he is a social media manager now that he's like an absolute <laughs> mi- millionaire. Yeah. He's still talking about like shitting himself on, on, on Instagram and putting his own posts up. Yeah. So, I mean... It would be pretty uh, hilarious if they did swap to a social media manager. Like, <laughs> just be now. like really yeah, 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 generic. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, guys, check out my new single. Uh, <laughs> the, kind of, the kind of the war stories of people that you have talked to are very good, kind of getting their own kind of case studies. Mm. And again, like there's a disarming honesty to pretty much everyone that you speak to. Who did you find in particular was quite good for this? I really enjoyed doing the interview with Run The Jewels. Um, mm. Kill, Killer Mike and LP uh, just spoke with because they've come through the the diy route and they've been doing it for such a long time um i find them that i find them to be really inspiring like when i was listening to them do it when i was rereading it and uh, rewriting it i just felt really energized by what they were saying to almost go out and restart a band yeah (laughs) and then killer killer mike just was talking about what the benefits of like diy were and there was always one bit i remember sticks out in my head um he's like going yeah like when you do diy you control everything it's not like you have to go in like when we were with a a label or whatever and you would be sitting there and somebody would turn to us and go dave doesn't like your fifa song and we'd be like who the fuck is dave Well, I mean, I've, I I had a couple of bands that didn't quite make it. Dolly's doing very well in the music industry. Yeah. So, Craig, what I'm saying is, Good. this book is for you. Yeah, this, this, this is, is for you. This this is your big starting point. Yeah, yeah. This, are people going to listen to this podcast and be like, that's when it all started happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah this is like the this is the catalyst. This is like yeah. the ground zero of your... Get my skiffle band up and yeah. running. <laughs> this is your old time road. <laughs> Finally, I guess, apart from, you know, like paying your rent, why should people go out and buy this book, Philly? Um, I I think that like it it is full of the like information and knowledge that you you kind of do need. Yeah. Like uh, you can be fairly arrogant, like like I was when I was a teenager, going, "Oh, I know everything. Sure, it'll be fine. It'll be grand." Like, there's so many things out there that can help you along that you don't even know exist. Like I like you know, before I knew about like publishing and PRS and mm. PPL and stuff like that, I was like, going, you can actually make money before you're even like at a high level." And that's going to help you, you know, make EPs yeah. and stuff. It genuinely will just help you make music, and it'll it'll take a little bit of the fear that you have 
off like what what's coming in the future off you a little bit. Although it can't write your songs and it's not going to make you famous, but it, it'll it'll help <laughs> yeah, you. A bit there. Bosh, you just promised me that the skiffle band was going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's like this, the scariest thing about doing music full time is like the idea Star. of like the that you have no control or there's like a lack of control. But the more information you have, obviously, the more control you have over all that stuff. Knowledge right? is power. Die. Exactly, knowledge is power. And you can get that knowledge in Phil Taggart's Slacker Guide to the Music Industry, which is Nailed available it. now. Follow Nailed Philly, Nailed follow it. Philly on Twitter <laughs> as well. Follow it and check out his excellent BBC Radio 1 show as well and uh, you're here for the whole episode which is good yeah yeah I'm looking forward to it well unfortunately we won't be reviewing Kanye West's new album because it didn't come out I don't like, it might not we ever probably be should do it's, a the first, big... it's the first Craig prophecy that didn't come true as well yeah That's... I hope this doesn't start a chain reaction <laughs> it is <laughs> it is renowned for being my yeah you, you think that like you know somebody who is now devoting himself to God would, yeah. would he wouldn't have stumbling blocks now like God, yeah, God, exactly. would be, yeah. God would be taking them out of the way and if he wanted to release yeah, it last yeah. week he would have the yeah. proverbial waves would come across from either side and he could like Moses his shit like through and just release like, <laughs> Moses his shit Moses <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the title track I think <laughs> like around about Monday I was thinking we'll have to do a big dissection of how the weekend went but I'm just so deflated now I don't I were you on the you forums got so the much entire hope, time? didn't you not the entire time but I'd say I kind of might have wasted an entire weekend yeah <laughs> <laughs> Craig doesn't know Craig is an avid lurker on Kanye to the dot com I'll check in for the sake of the pod yeah how was, yeah. How was the mood over there <laughs> not great it was many different moods um it was like the kind of you know what, how many stages of grief grieving or whatever it was like a lot of kind of bargaining was going on kind of you know, people being in denial rage um, so I don't know I really don't know it seemed like it was good to go well, like he done, was doing listening he's parties he's listening parties and screenings of the film that's accompanying this as well yeah, the IMAX never going to arrive and do you remember the video sudden, game he was going to release of his mother going to yeah, heaven, yeah, heaven yeah. what yeah. yeah yeah. he showed a clip of this like and it had a developer working on it yeah it was being worked on by like and a, I think by the same people that brought you Metal Gear Solid <laughs> <laughs> he showed, and untitled Goose Game he showed, he showed footage of this game in Madison Square Garden I believe when he yeah. did the Pablo kind of play back and he also turned up at the E3 press conference as well yeah there was like audible obviously kind of like sniggering about the footage and I think he was like I remember watching and he was like he looked crestfallen oh. <laughs> it was really <laughs> this, is with, this was my best idea <laughs> sad um, Kanye I can't take it unless he's making an amazing album like yeah. Eight and Heartbreak but like yeah so the current state of play is question mark isn't it we don't yeah. know I feel, I feel a bit sorry. cynical about this record. So though. do I. I. I think musically, I'm quite hyped because it's not the pure gospel stuff. It is some of the stuff he's been working on for over a year. I'm now worried that he's suddenly com- fully committed to Jesus and rewritten all the <laughs> lyrics to reflect the fact he's not talking about anything else. Yeah, well, so, like, like anything. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting on a Jesus, thinking about Jesus. <laughs> uh, um, but like, I just think that he's he's got gone so far with like. Uh, popular music and commercial music that he's realised that he's made as much money as he probably can out of all of us and that there's loads of Christians out there <laughs> and, uh, and and there's loads of money to like get in there and he's just God. it's a cynical land yeah. grab of, I really of don't Christian feel like this love. is cynical though I don't, I don't know Craig, I think he's, he's let you down and you're still defending yeah, him yeah yeah this Strom. is amazing <laughs> so Spe- speaking of the, of the massive market of Christians and stuff did you know that like if you go into YouTube for like tutorials of using like microphones or or any type of recording stuff the most like some of the most popular ones from them are these like Christian rock guys who are like also producers so like you'll be like looking at some sort of tutorial for how to set up a microphone or something like that and then suddenly they'll like they'll like drop in this thing or it's like so let's just say you're doing um, this type of vocal and they're like praise Jesus and you're like oh, for fuck's sake go 
how am I watching this thing like already like it's the fucking worst I will say I watched his um his Friday service like at the start of this weekend of hope right where he was he like (laughs) (laughs) well I was hopeful at the time this was like on the date that Kim Kardashian had put out like this is when the record's gonna drop he scheduled a Friday service as opposed to the Sunday service and proceeded to do the normal gospel stuff not reference the album whatsoever (laughs) right so I was there watching all of this as was Kanye to the forum right (laughs) it wrapped he didn't say a word by the way it included like a sermon from some very dodgy like white pastor bloke that was like clearly trying to sell and commercialize whatever uh, it was it was very it was well weird have you been radicalized <laughs> i don't think so not quite yet but like about six minutes after that ended kim tweeted out like my like the big announcement my new skims or whatever they're called are on sale now and the replies were just like where's the fuck <laughs> i just watch this it was just avalanche you know, like it was so good turn off your notifications and put the phone down yeah. so yes yeah, so we're not reviewing Jesus and Jesus is King we are instead reviewing Dermot Kennedy's debut album Yay. Without Fear which is out as of this podcast dropping and we'll do that later in the show before we get to the news I've got some news on my own guys yeah. I went to the Irish premiere screening of Untitled Incel Clown Movie Number 1 <laughs> aka Joker does that mean more to follow number one like is this going to be the first in a series of Incel well, I certainly hope not Craig because I thought this film was vile smug nihilistic empty headed trash so you haven't oh, wow. been radicalised I haven't been radicalised I've no. been really looking forward to going to see this I, like, yeah. I'm, I'm I think I'm going to be in the minority Joker to, be, fan. to be honest I, I really think I am I mean like mm, let's start with also. the positives it's very well shot and made with supreme confidence the music is very good cinematography is great the acting is generally strong Walking Phoenix is excellent but you expect that anyway Problem is that the script was written by Todd Phillips of Old School, The Hangover, and Road Trip fame, and directed yeah. by him as well. And it's basically, having quite a week as yeah. well. Yeah, mm. yeah. Woke culture is no good for comedies, according to him. Uh, he, it's basically like, uh, what if the Joker, but cool and edgy and killing people? And it's like, yeah, that's what that's what the Joker is anyway. Yeah, but this is like his, like from his point, like he's yeah. the hero effectively. So I thought it was celebratory. I thought it was glorification. I didn't think it was satirical commentary. I didn't think it was counterculture. So you, so you actually think it was like, it was like encouraged. The Wolf of Wall Street. Gets of, his, uh, it's like a revenge. Revenge story, essentially. Yeah, it's the Wolf of Wall Street of Batman movies, effectively. I, mean, I thought it was just nasty. It's, it's mean spirited as fuck. It's being compared to like Taxi Driver and like fucking King, King of Comedy. It's a rip off like, of both of those films, yeah. and all. And because it's like, oh, by the way, guys, in case you didn't get it, here's Robert De Niro yeah, in yeah. the Jerry Lewis role. I'm like, beat for beat, you know where this film is. It is, it is exactly the kind of film that you think it is, and I don't even think it's worthy of commentary too hard in it because I'm not offended by it. I wasn't like, oh my god, I just thought it was shit. I thought it was like teenage boy, too edgy for you, bollocks, like. Didn't like it. Is it a, is it a one off? Like it, like does it does this like feel like a complete standalone Joker moment from that that universe? They're saying that they're saying they won't, they're not going to do a sequel, but they do have universe tie-ins, which were very ridiculous. And I was like, what are you doing? Oh really? Do we need to see that scene again? Do we? Also, I don't. I, you, you guys are all probably going to go see it, right? So I probably, I probably, probably, probably yeah. Will. I mean, the fact that you said the Joaquin Phoenix performance is great, then it's probably worth watching it just for that. No, or is it yeah. actually been, the writing so bad that he's it's... been better? Dahi and I once went on a date to see a movie together, and it was. Walking Phoenix Once? in You Were Never Once. Really Here, which is very <laughs> similar. It's very, it's very similar to this movie uh, in in terms of the character being like a damaged guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh sorry. The, the, the depiction of mental illness in Joker is really, really offensive. But like, you know, like I say, there was an interesting, you were never here. Go watch that. Yeah, there was an interesting, was it a Guardian piece? There was some piece written where someone was saying this is a really positive depiction of um, like mel- mental illness. And it's kind of strikes a blow for mentally ill people because they're getting their revenge. I was like, this is very weird territory <laughs> to be Christ treading. It's just fuck. like, it's good that people have been like, 
you know, I really want to down a bar. <laughs> there's a minor, there's a minor element to the film that I really want to spoil for everyone because there's a needle drop. We all know a needle drop is, right? It's when yeah. a song is played in a movie. Okay, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what that is, yeah. but there's a song choice in this film that I could not believe. Now, this is one of your pet peeves. Can we can we Do try you... and guess what it is? <sighs> I mean, like, uh, so the scene in question is towards the end of the movie. Spoilers if you don't want to hear. I'm not going to get into the plot spoilers, but like, yeah. he's you've seen in the trailers, he's in the full Joker garb and he's dancing on some stairs. And Walking Phoenix, I read this massive Vanity Fair profile during the week that was very well written, in which it was I didn't I didn't know that he uh, did breakdancing in his youth, so he's got the chops, he can move around. There's a lot of kind of body contortion stuff in this movie and all that kind of jazz. And like, yeah, I mean, look, it's Walking. It's the tears of a clown. Is that's what playing? <laughs> is it Jason nope. Nevins versus Run DMC? No, it's like that would have been amazing. <laughs> so basically, you get the sequence where where Joker like comes out of his apartment and it's in slow-mo and he's in a lift and he's going down and then he's on the stairs and he's dancing and it's shot and you'll always find me in the kitchen <laughs> at parties Craig do you remember in Hot Press I once put on a song on the speakers and you turned to me and you went really and then I let it play and I let it kick all the way in and you were like really <laughs> Glitter Gary Glitter Rock and Roll Part 2 what they play Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2 over a cute montage of Joker dancing on some stairs. And I was like, I cannot believe it. Now, I, w- I will say, there, I there. feel like in America, it hasn't quite, quite crossed over that Gary Glitter is a massive, <laughs> massive pedophile. <laughs> and that's still used quite a lot in like sports arenas and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a staple. There's of, any given Sunday in like 1999, yeah. but that was 20 years ago. Do they not have the internet in America? <laughs> no, no, no. Not no, in no, Trump's no. America. You can, it's all cold, basically. No. I literally turned to the person next to me and I went, I, I went, did, 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 have, we, have we uncancelled this? I was like, what? Like, I thought we replaced it with Seven Nation Army or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Look, listen, there are film critics falling over themselves to proclaim this as an absolute masterpiece and they're wrong. The film is garbage. Anyway, in the news this week. The musical news. Uh, where will we start, Craig? Let's start with Billie Eilish, shall we? Oh, okay. Because, uh, Philly, I believe you've chatted to her. That's yeah, I've, 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 done like a, I've done a couple interviews with, with Billie Eilish. How did you find her? She is lovely. Yeah, she's 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 really good. She's always been um she's always been like in a good frame of mind when she's when she's been doing interviews with with myself. But I think we, the only reason we get interviews with her so often is because we were the first to play her on on UK radio. I don't know if it was world radio, but it was definitely like UK Europe radio. Gosh. And her parents like came she did a piano session and I went down to watch it and her parents were with her. <laughs> Um, and I said hello to them. They're like, "Oh, it's Phil! Hey, Mac, come here! It's Phil from the radio, <laughs> right?" And I was like, "What?" And they're like, "We listen to your show every week. You were the first one to play her." Oh, so we, and oh my god! We keep listening to it, <laughs> and they, they apparently they like listen just to the show. Just that episode, yeah, just <laughs> over and over. I'm making it sound like they don't know how to use the internet. It's like, it's like it's, it doesn't seem. It's very similar to last week, um, but. Yeah, he they partly send sended tracks back to Billy that they would like from the show. Um and like and Phineas and stuff like that. And I was Jesus. Like, well, so you're like really Trump's weird. Fox News is basically what you're saying. It's like for Billy <laughs> That's amazing. I'm, a, I'm her spokesperson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I tell you yeah. what she should sound like now. Uh, like, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, she's she's just like she's great. And she's she's got she's got good chat. Amazing. I feel like I'd love to do a, like a proper one hour chat with her sometime. Mm. See what she's like. Mm. I'd say she'd have some real interesting shit to say. Oh, yeah, we're sorry, absolutely. sorry to break it, you, Philly, but she's been talking to Jimmy Fallon. 
Uh, fuck you, <laughs> Fallon. Actually, how how was her Not carbon? Again. How was her carbon footprint? When you yeah. her? She was actually when we were doing the interview. She was uh, she had two cans of links and she was sp- <laughs> spraying them into the air and then we put them down it and look up and give the finger. And you're like, but oh. Billy, the environment. <laughs> yeah, no, please. And she she would go, fuck you, ozone layer. <laughs> Maybe you've had a good influence because she's about to head out on tour <laughs> next year. She's teamed up with the non-profit organization Reverb. And as she was telling her mate Jimmy, we're actually bringing someone from Reverb, this company that basically specializes in the best and most healthy and green ways to do everything. Oh, I so bring another person. There's probably seats on plenty yeah. of seats on that jet. <laughs> so I think what we're learning here, Craig, is that teenage girls, Billie Eilish, Greta Thunberg, cannot be trusted <laughs> when it comes to the future of the planet. Well, here's what she's doing to rectify the problem. So there's no plastic straws allowed. The fans are going to bring their own water bottles. <laughs> Listen up, fans. You're bringing your own water bottles. <laughs> there's going to be recycle cans everywhere uh, because it's like if something's recyclable, it doesn't matter unless there's a recycle bin, which is very true. Very true. Um, and every venue on the tour will also boast a Billy Eilish Eco Village, an area where fans can learn about climate change and the importance of making a difference. Hey, maybe that's why she snubbed Ireland with this tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that maybe was we weird. up to scratch. What about her merch? Like, like, what, what's her merch going to be made out of? Hemp. Is it? Pure it's hemp. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm, picturing the eco village. <laughs> like... I'm picturing the eco-village like a section of body and soul or something as yeah, well. It's yeah, like, yeah. kind of, you know, it'll have, like, just, like, loads of different flowers of different colours all over the place. But then Tom York was talking about the same thing um, recently. He was, I think, in his Desert Island Discs or something. Oh, yeah. He was talking about how he understands the fallacy of him being a voice for climate change. And he, I mean, he's an OG climate changer. Yeah. Like yeah he's been yeah. doing it for time. Yeah. Uh, and he's very well aware of him jetting around the world talking about this. There's not yeah. really an easy way to fix it. Unless no. somebody here's got an answer. <laughs> Teleportation is the answer, but unfortunately the druids haven't perfected it yet. A <laughs> uh, quick thing, by the way, I guess tying it back in to, someone mentioned Fox News there earlier on. And uh, of yeah. course I've been talking about the Joker with Robert De Niro, who's in the movie. Did we all see Robert De Niro on some CNN show at the weekend? Oh, cursing his head it's off. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant because uh, De Niro has been extremely outspoken about Donald Trump and once again was doing so and it was brought up to him. And this is what he had to say. Hmm. This guy is should not be president, period. And when you say that, folks on Fox come after you. I remember the Tonys when he got up there and cursed. A lot of Fuck criticism em. of you. Fuck him. Okay, well, you know, this is cable, Sorry. so it's not an FCC violation. Sorry. But it is still a Sunday morning. Well, I we're... So I've just been, like, impersonating that all week. I just love the delivery. Like, I'm never the biggest De Niro guy, but, like, give him the Oscar. So good. Um, did you see Trump's tweet about the whole Biden thing with um, his son and... Um, oh, the look at this photograph? The yeah, Nickelback the thing. fucking Nickelback thing. <laughs> yeah. This is oh, fucking amazing. They, they just never get a break, do they, Nickelback? <laughs> but did you see what happened after this? Because he played, yeah, there's a video of, like, you know, look at this photograph. And, yeah. It, Nickelback took out a copyright strike. The video oh, is gone. gone. The video is gone. Yeah, the the, the fucking Nickelback. president of the United States <laughs> yeah. of America. Like. But the Nickelback are Canadians as well, so they've got an <laughs> You've got no jurisdiction, Trump. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. what's all this about? They get on the phone to Justin Trudeau and they're like, yeah, no, I know you're having a controversy right now, but so are we, okay? <laughs> so yeah, Billy Otish, a uh, good person, but come to Dublin for fuck's sake. Like, she's played to 57,000 people after your picnic. Why is Ireland not on the... I, I know Ireland gets snubbed all the fucking time, but this is weird, yeah. right? Yeah. UK in Europe less and tour. less it feels like yeah it was a very strange one it's a very high profile snub maybe she's holding out for something bigger I don't know I mean, she's actually playing in my house ah uh, okay in Oma 
<laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Craig, you put some news together for us this week. Why do you always do this to me when I explicitly said before the podcast, okay, I haven't already read this news. <laughs> Let's start with Fiona Apple. And she's accepted Lil Nas X's offer to collaborate. So... All, more good news for Lil Nas X. Stop prolonging this meme. This isn't a real thing. Like, I'm not into it. How do you feel about Lil Nas X? Uh, it's like... It's, it's run this course. Listen it's, the, it's the hooves of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> and Lil Nas is two of them. I mean, he's gone from collaborating with, what is it, Billy Ray Cyrus yeah. to yeah. Fiona Apple. I mean, like, what, what, what is the next what, step where from does, that? Yeah, how the does that trajectory work? Nickelback, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah Daniel O'Donnell. <laughs> Yeah. I just I, I just don't like this continuing. Oh, hello there, yeah. little Nas X. <laughs> I know everyone thinks he's a great personality, and he probably is, but like yeah. I'm just like I just can't take it seriously. No. Although you did like Panini and you thought there Panini's was something okay. there maybe Family is a better tune. Yeah. Family's like Blink 182's new album is really like young skewing and it doesn't sound great. Uh, but Family is like a good version of that off the Lil Nas X record. So yeah. You know. um, this stemmed from um, Apple playfully berating the young star for using one of her own cleared samples. So it was a bit of a social media back and forth. The exciting news. <laughs> you asshole. Yeah, you asshole. <laughs> <Stealing> my music. <laughs> <laughs> you rascal. The big news is probably that Fiona Apple is preparing to release her first album in eight years, which I'm very excited about. That's a big That'll deal. That'll be great. Yeah. 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 Um, the last one was a bit of a masterpiece, I think. The really, the really funny thing about. Five stars in Hot Press Magazine. The funny thing about that song, though, as well, is that like, you five. can hear the Fiona sample. <laughs> The Fiona Apple sample, you can hear that go over like the top of a beat. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was like, oh, so somebody must have produced the beat and then like mixed it in or something. But apparently it's not. It's this classic Lil Nas X thing where he got a free beat from YouTube oh, yeah, and like used that and then just put the Fiona Apple sample over the beat. And the beat is called free in brackets. Young Dolph X My Ghost X Gucci Mane type beat 2018. <laughs> Is the name Gets of the it beat? All this in guy is eleven, so he also stole that beat as well. But it's and also yeah, together. it would like it seems like he's got great musical taste because of the, what he's using. But he clearly doesn't know who any of these artists no, really are. Yeah, like, it's just nine, like, just like nine inch shit down thing. onto stuff like yeah, 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 the Nirvana thing. It's insane. We're not done with Donald Trump yet, Craig. In fact, he's connected to the music world one more time oh. with someone who's also problematic, Moby. <laughs> is Moby officially problematic? I guess he is, well, yeah. He, he kind of like goes, he, he becomes problematic for a little while and then you forget why he was problematic and then something else. Appears. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. really he's mildly What generally comes across as like a harmless old it, devil? Like, it, yeah, yeah. It the Natalie Portman stuff, I guess, it was very odd. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. oh, God. yeah, I didn't think of yeah. that. Really, no, you see, we, we keep really forgetting. wasn't good, yeah. let's be fair. <laughs> that was horrible, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is someone, um, okay, this is a case of him, uh, like, saying, that he's connected to someone and them wholeheartedly agreeing that yes there is a real connection there we did go out <laughs> Moby is connected to, to the congressional investigation into President Donald Trump's relationship with Deutsche Bank oh, <laughs> so, 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 so strap in folks <laughs> <laughs> the story follows um, this whistleblower um, who's the late uh, the son of the late uh, Deutsche Bank executive um, please Bill Brooksmith. Yeah, please give this man's bond according, name. <laughs> Val according, Brooksmith. Yeah. According to the report, Moby met Val at a LA dinner party this year and was impressed by Mr. Brooksmith's <laughs> exploits and existential sadness. Which is like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Very Moby. Moby in turn introduced Brooksmith to Representative Adam B. Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Now, the detail that jumped out of me here is Val Brooksmith, yes. who is also the frontman of the rock band Bikini Robot Army. Incredible. Oh my God. <laughs> has since been subpoenaed and turned over information. So once again, Moby is involved in people turning states somehow. And Moby, who's like, you know, for years, this kind of vegan dude seemed softly spoken, uh, liberal, grand. He seems to be spending a lot of time in very, like, elite parties. He's he, probably bumped into Jeffrey Epstein, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, obviously without we're not, allegedly, not insinuating, allegedly, yeah, without allegedly, knowing allegedly. who he was. But 
there's he's in some weirdly kind of nefarious worlds that he maybe he's not aware of. I don't know. You you know that like um, old saying that the older you get, the more right wing you get. So like you know, the, <laughs> everybody starts on the left, and yeah, 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 at some point you get to the center. And if you live to be about, say, if you're really, really left, like Bernie Sanders, by the time he's 200, he'll be like right wing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But I think think that's what like Moby's doing right now is he's like, he's had enough with the liberal stuff. He's probably walking around eating like elk that him and Joe Rogan are (laughs) eating elk and spitting it out. And and as alluded to earlier, it's a whole new fan base. So like, yeah, yeah, totally. Coming out of them on board. Some sad news this week. Metallica frontman, James Heffield has returned to rehab. Uh, which, Our positive news. Well, if he's been in course, a way yes. I mean, like, seeking I'm, help. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure he'll come out the other side a better person and a healthier person. But like, uh, it comes at a time when Metallica have been touring world, like this worldwide tour. I, I saw them in Paris, of course. They played Slain yeah. this year. Uh, rave reviews all the time. People having a great time at the shows. Metallica seems to be quite, you know, in fighting fit mood. This tour has been on the go in one form or another since late 2016. Would you believe? What? Yeah. Really? Now, granted, I mean, there's like lots of breaks in between there and lots of different parts of the world uh-huh. they're going to. But it kicked off officially in, I think, October 2016 in like Puerto Rico or something. But yeah, Metallica have cancelled uh, or at least postponed upcoming dates in Australia and New Zealand as part of the tour with my boys Slipknot on support. So that, that Yeah, they released a statement as well, of course, being supportive. and Yeah, yeah there was a Metallica things. statement from the guys that said, <clears> as you probably know, our brother James has been struggling with addiction on and off for many years. He has now, unfortunately, had to re-enter a treatment program to work on his recovery again. Uh, they say that they'll try and make up the dates. We appreciate your understanding and support for James. James. And as always, thank you for being part of the Metallica family. Yeah. And it is one of those things where the Metallica family, whether you buy into that thing or whether you don't, actually kind of comes good here because all the commentary I've seen from fans yeah. online has been get well soon. Like no one's going to be well, like, most fuck. You know, metalheads. Yeah, but uh, people, uh, people are a lot more understanding these days than, I think yeah. than, pre- than they were previous. Yeah. And as Craig says, metalheads do have this kind of communal thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, get well soon, James Hetfield. I mean, like if, you, if you've seen the amazing, I always reference some kind of monster documentary. Oh, amazing. Him going to rehab yeah. is a huge part of it. Like, yeah. I mean, like that's he was, why that album was made the way it was made. Speaking of Joe Rogan, he was on Joe Rogan recently enough and he seemed like kind of really together and very nice dude and kind of had battled and kind of vanquished a lot of demons. You never know what's going on, but he came across as a very nice chap, which I was wasn't quite the image I had going into it. So yeah, best yeah. Luck I to mean, him. I wouldn't agree with James Hetfield's politics per se, but I wish him well. Oh, is he and, mad uh, right wing? I think yeah, and he uh, he does hunting and stuff. Him, well, and, him and Moby. <laughs> you got to control that elk population. Collab- 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 Let me show you some stats. <laughs> Finally, in the news this week, some good news, but potentially stressful news, oh, as Frank Ocean tends to take oh, yeah. his time okay, with these Frank. things. <laughs> Frank Ocean has given a rare interview. It feels like one of these come up every three months or something. Yeah, sounds like, and we get very I'm flying to Alaska or some random shit. He spoke to W Magazine for a cover story and has said that he's working on a club record. I've been interested in club and the many different iterations of nightlife for music and songs. And so the things I look at now have a lot to do with those scenes. Detroit, Chicago, Techno House, French Electronic... <sighs> He's stepping into yeah. dogs. Oh, it is, it is pretty, uh, like, you know, it, if, it, if it sounds as good as it is on paper, it'll be absolutely <laughs> so incredible. Good. He sounds like a bit of a prat in this interview, though, doesn't so? it? I think he's just... He, he does. He feels like he's trying to swim his way out of his own asshole, you know, like tr- tr- trying to get himself out of there. Like he's not, he's not fully gone up his own ass. But I feel like he always comes across kind of like this. I don't know if it's just his demit. Like he's always a bit overly playful or kind of he's a, he's, a, he's a very yeah he's aloof he's a very singular artist and I think it's his way or the highway in terms of everything uh, he's got kind of big opinions and yeah I guess it's probably the aloof thing more than anything where yeah. it just seems like 
Well, that one he's Frank Ocean. You should, you you should can... know, Philly, that like this podcast like is <laughs> fucking ridiculous because if you ever mention <laughs> Frank Ocean, like they just go, oh, well, I don't know, he's the greatest star. Well, listen, I mean, I mean getting... Frank Ocean is. I was going to quantify what I said because I felt, I felt like <laughs> well, I've jumped, do, jumped Philly, in. Because yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that, that invite of coming back so is gone. Uh, but he's Frank Ocean. He can do what he wants. Like yeah, Dahi. They're there. See now, yeah. Oh, they're they're placated now. They're happy out. That's yeah. grand now. Yeah, yeah. Frank Ocean. He'll do what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on a second. We've never really dug deep into this, Dahi. Like you, you seem to be so. There's upset. just always this thing where if somebody mentions like somebody's like, oh, it sounds a bit like it could be as good as like a Frank Ocean. Oh, and everybody here goes, Frank Ocean. It's not as good as say I don't know a Frank Ocean. I mean, it's no blonde. Even though, yeah, even the word blonde in this, everyone goes, oh, Jesus. Do you remember blonde? That was. Lovely. I'm sorry that you can't, you know, just feel the same. I'd be happy for your friends. <laughs> well, we just all Come like... join us on this higher plane of experience <laughs> and emotion. <laughs> well, we just all listen to thinking about you and hold hands. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the best thing to do. Uh, watch the the amazing Saturday Night Live performances. Maybe two of the best live performances that have ever been done. Dahi, would you agree? Oh my gosh. I've actually been going back to Endless a lot lately because look kind what of, you've done. <laughs> I was in the shadow of Blonde a bit. It's so good. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it's a great. It's a great record. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Right. <laughs> uh, and hopefully we'll get another great record. <laughs> <laughs> it won't take five years of stop starts and mysterious teases. But like, let's listen to some real music, shall we? <laughs> A.K.A. music that exists. Not that Frank Ocean is real music. As we've established, he makes great music. Uh, songs of the week. we got four tracks this week. I'll start with mine. This is Churches, a band I don't usually bring to the table, but they've teamed up with Hideo Kojima for the forthcoming Woo! Death Stranding Woo! video game with a song called Death Stranding. There you go, churches. Yeah, I've uh, a band that I wouldn't generally be crazy about. Yeah. Uh, I have interviewed them though; they were very, very nice. And when I saw them at picnic that year, I was quite surprised by actually how propulsive and big it was on the main stage. I didn't think they had it in them, but they do. It's 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 surprisingly kind of big for just a trio. And I think Laura Mabry does have her moments as a front woman. This track is like so extremely end credits of a film. I assume it's going to be the end credits it's of the game. Very hideo, isn't it? Like it's right up his street. I I really like it. Like I, I, I it sounds to me like Church is doing a cover of a K-pop track, which is exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like that's it's exactly very, what it's it's very cheesy. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, so yeah, yeah. cheesy. But that's, that's Come, why I love cold, it. Hold my hand, but I love go and it, walk through the but I love valley it of death because it was like it was leaning so hard into the Hideo Kojima thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't love Hideo Kojima, Metal Gear Solid and that kind of stuff. I mean, he's a guy who's been so influenced by Western culture. Like it's it's all yeah. over his games. It's all over his Twitter feed. All that kind of stuff. He, like, he's a lovable genius and absolutely loves like Western films. Something came yeah. out about him this week. Um, oh, no, 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 guys, no, no, guys, calm down, calm down, calm down. He hasn't been cancelled. Oh my god! Oh my god! I've never seen. I mean, he three... basically has already with like I've quiet three... from fucking oh, yeah. like, That's the same sort of reaction you would get, like if like a like a massive head of state died there. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, they're, like, they're... Michael D. Higgins, no, <laughs> not me, Michael D. Not you. Um, it came out that like at the end credits of like Metal Gear Solid, there's like, is it Enya's sister? Um, it's an Irish yeah. girl, yeah. Moya Brennan Irish singing. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, recording yeah. in Grace Lodge, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, isn't that crazy that like the end oh, credits like, of Metal Gear Solid is 
Irish language yeah, yeah. music. And it, yeah. It, it, it has a real like Irish lilt to it and everything at the end. I remember fucking playing it. It was just like, this is fucking so fucking weird. But like the thing about this is that, so Death Stranding is his new video game that is... Imminent. Um, imminent, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's his own, like I guess his independent studio. Kojima Productions, yeah. Kojima it's first game since the split from Konami. Um, and it's basically... Hideo Kojima off the leash which is off the leash like no, <laughs> on, the <laughs> on, on the leash and on the lash and like like there's it's very very questionable I watched a two hour gameplay Japanese thing. subtitled st- stream I of, haven't seen uh, any of the gameplay and I'm trying to avoid plot details so try and let's just be careful I'll, I'll, I'll avoid around it but uh, one thing I will say is that he has gone celebrity fucking insane <laughs> and has basically had invited a load of celebrities and I'm I would put money on churches being included in this to come over to the Kojima studios and they are all scanned into the game. Okay. So you are definitely, I can almost, I would put any money on this. You will see churches in a in video this game, game by, by the, the way. The there's Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro, Nicholas Winding Refn, Leia Seydoux and others, I presume. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be completely ridiculous. I was so burned by Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain in terms of the story. I was so oh, gameplay is so great, upset. Gameplay is amazing, and I assume it's the same engine for this one. So, what about the song, though, guys? Yeah, like I'm not a massive Churches fan. Uh, this is grand. I, the kind of production didn't quite work for me. Like the drums, it felt a bit yeah I messy, it, uh, and yeah. I don't know if it was the mix. Or... It, it feels to me like Churches heard the stuff that had been on the previous trailers of the video game and went like, "Yeah, I guess we could probably do that." It yeah. doesn't sound. A hundred percent authentic to both either ch- churches are like that's right. Yeah, they're whatever. trying to do a certain type of song. It's kind of like what you imagine a lot of people when, when a lot of people sit down to go. I'm going to write a Bond song, and they all sound the same, and they kind of <laughs> miss the mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've kind of sat down and go right. I'm going to write a big song for Hideo, and. It's just a bit. It makes me a bit queasy. Like even at one point, like there's there's a kind of interruption, and it's, it sounds like an arcade. They're just like put in some <laughs> game, video game sounds. Yeah, I shouldn't like this, but I do. I I was just really taken by how over the top and, and silly it was, and I thought in that regard it was beautifully executed. So oh, there you go. I enjoyed it. Happy for you, Craig. You enjoyed a huge comeback this week. Chromatics are back with Dear to... No. <laughs> no, no. Closer to Grey. Apparently their seventh album, although they haven't released their sixth, Dear Tommy, which we've been waiting for. For what? How many years? Oh my God. <laughs> this is on the wall. <laughs> Yeah, and that is um, a bit of a centerpiece song from the new record. It's a Jesus and Mary Chain cover, actually, but it's totally kind of reinvented. Is it? Yeah, it's from Darklands. The- and it's it's weird because it sounds really like Jesus and Mary Chain, but the original doesn't. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. the, the first thing that went through my head when I was listening to it, going, Jesus Christ, that sounds yeah, yeah, like yeah. Jesus and the Mary Chain. Yeah, yeah, like those kind of big guitars. And actually, on as we say, on the original, it's quite tinny and... Uh, 
underwhelming and kind of synth, more synth based. So this is is it eight and a half minutes? I think it's, yeah, it didn't feel like it was ever going to end. <laughs> I thought it was it was great. I love what they do with that kind of riff it's and the loop, drums. Yeah. The drums are incredible. It's yeah. a it's a really good kind of showcase for Johnny Joe's production. To, I think it's pretty gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, the record dropped. Jesus, was it Thursday morning or Wednesday morning? Uh, yeah, kind of out of nowhere. Um, and it's a great to actually. Much, jo- you know, joking aside about Dear Tommy, which I think we'll probably follow quickly. I think this is more. <laughs> <laughs> Brexit's not going to happen Trump's not going to be elected The county album is definitely coming out And notorious delayed album Dear Tommy yeah. will be here soon It has a, it kind of has a feeling of um, It's a bit of a grab bag of stuff they've been working on Like it's it's not really It doesn't have like the narrative of a big important record I feel like they're trying to put something out To get the Dear Tommy albatross off their back The artwork is phenomenal It looks like a horror movie I love yeah. it. Um, this, I don't think this would be the one of the standouts um, yeah, but I, I was totally agree. Because, I found yeah. this one extremely repetitive and like didn't really find it interesting at all. Okay. At all, at all. Yeah. But I've been enjoying the rest of the album actually. Yeah, there's some there's some I think chromatics classics on it. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't jumped into the the record at all. Like I, that's that's the one bit of music that I've I've heard from it, and I I enjoyed the first five minutes of it. <laughs> and then the last three minutes of it, I it was kind of like, ebbs away as well. And you think yeah, it's over and over, yeah. But like, I, I mean, I, I I genuinely did like it, and now you've blown my mind by telling me that it's a Jesus and Mary Chain cover. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't really, f- I don't know how I feel generally on covers. I mean, this is probably about a four-hour podcast in itself <laughs> yeah. on on like artists covering other people on their albums most of the time, unless it's like traditional like folk music or where it's like seen as a acceptable yeah. thing to be done yeah I'm one always a little bit like great cover on an album is Jay Paul's cover oh Crush Crush so good that is amazing I think yeah he does a good job of making it a Jay Paul song which there are is, lots of great covers yeah. guys we'll do it another day <laughs> <laughs> Philly has to go to Ireland Music Week that's why he's here <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll move on oh before we do though uh, Chromatics are playing in Dublin of course on the 22nd of this month yes in Vicar Street are you yeah. going to go uh, yeah, I'm going to go, and um, I think that's going to be the nice day drop, dear Tommy. <laughs> I'm okay. going to have a sign saying that, to be honest. <laughs> we'll move on to Phil's track, This Is Floating Points, and Anna Sick Modular, I want to say. Let's have a listen. Why not? Anna Sick Modular. Let's have a listen. Uh, this one kind of made all the synapses in my brain dance around like spiders. Is that mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do? That's what that's what Floating Points music is all about, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, he has. Um, I've been listening to a lot of that sort of like maximalist stuff, like um, FX Twin and uh, Floating Points and like Flying Lotus and um, Square Pusher and stuff like that. And he, I, I, he's got a better sense of melody in his music than probably all of them, I think. For for mm. some he has just incre- is, yeah, incredible. Seems to be a lot more like kind of chord structure stuff yeah. going on than that's an Apex movie. It does make me sound really wanky to say this, like with with flo- floating points. Because even picking floating points is a little bit wanky as But I really enjoy it. But like it is, and this is definitely fucking hit um, hit the, the the buzzer for cliche alert. But. Uh, it, it, it a lot of his music does take me on that journey, and this one's a little bit more of a. It's not. It's a novella. It's not a full novel. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Just some amazing, like kind of like 
as you're saying like with the melodies and stuff there seems to be a lot of kind of percussion elements that are melodic in themselves in like certain points and they're like the sort of thing where if you're listening to an electronic track if they like keep repeating over it they become more and more powerful as they go along but it also moves and changes into a whole other section which is kind of the real like fashionable thing to do at the moment in terms of like dance music where you're kind of like here's two tracks that we just melded together that are going really really well together so yeah I really enjoyed it see what you said is really intelligent and that's what I would have said (laughs) if I hadn't been hung over (laughs) tried to make words sound good out of mouth hole yeah like that those kind of moments of switch up did feel kind of new like I wouldn't be hugely familiar with stuff but kind of new for a minute a bit more kind of forward thinking than a lot of other stuff would be but yeah it it felt like a kind of primary coloured Apex went to me and I, I very much enjoyed it yeah it's kind of track that once again exposes how ill-equipped I am to discuss dance music so I'll just <laughs> say that I liked it and we'll move on to the final track this week which is Dottie's Choice this is Dodie and now I'm annoyed you thought you could turn me and damage your ride so watch me fall for every damn stereotype you can't help it this is just how we were taught to love oh there's a name for boys like you and yet I feel lucky to hear your lines I hit that they should be up every time Guess I'll take it This is just how we were taught to love Oh, there's a name for boys like you And yet I feel lucky to hear your lines I hit that they should be up every time that was Boys Like You. Dodie, of course, is uh, good friends with Orla Gartland. They yeah, tour together. Yeah, currently on, on a massive, massive uh, American I think tour. Orla Gartland plays in her band? She does play in her band and also supports her in a lot of spots. Have we talked about Dodie on this show before? Not thoroughly. No. Let's yeah, do so. so she's a very, um, one of those classic new age musicians where she almost started as a YouTuber before anything else. Um, she has, she's a very, very delicate voice and had been doing a lot of those kind of almost like cliche, like <laughs> um, ukulele type songs throughout the thing. And you can still hear that yeah. in this track. Mm. But I think there's something interesting in here where the the really super delicate voice gets a little bit irritating after a while. But there's certain points like in the chorus of this track and stuff that I find really, really exciting. And I think there's something there a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, she's been doing like absolutely like incredibly well. She's she's millions and millions of listens on YouTube and stuff and has kind of released a lot of stuff independently before this and has like charted in the UK for a yeah like of her times, EP right? her EP went yeah. top five yeah like, uh, kind of out of her own mm-hmm. volition like kind of thing mm-hmm. you know um, so I think it's, it's it's quite interesting and it, it's I wouldn't say it's generally for us <laughs> you know what I mean but yeah. it is definitely hitting a nerve somewhere it, like it lost me about six seconds in but it kind of won me back about 40 yeah. seconds in like the couple of moments you you're like the oh, are, there's something here it's yeah. almost like a yeah. feist type thing or something like yeah, that that hits really that's well that's why I struggle with it because I, I never got the feist thing I do find pop oh, music or great. folky kind of pop music whether male or female or whatever uh, it's just the twee like, thing, the twee yeah. thing it's very twee but yeah. like I think yeah. she does it she she um she does the twee thing quite well she does. But um, it's, I just don't. Quite, I like the song. Yeah. I, I don't like the song as much as I liked other songs of hers. I like the, the, the track "Human" uh, that that came out. I think it was her last single. I thought was was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, it's not for for me. Like as it's not set out to be for me. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also like. It's just a kind the, of a really have the brain of a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, and I think it's obviously speaking to like a certain generation in a really, really strong way. And I would imagine. I mean, this is like the baby boomers. Mil- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus. There's like she's kind of like the antithesis of Billie Eilish, really. Yeah, actually, yeah. now that I think of it, it's like Billie Eilish versus Dodie. Like that, that yeah, those yeah. two against each other is kind of where it's at. This is like half a million views on YouTube in the last like 
two or three days, I think. So it's like I th- I, I would imagine next year is going to be quite a big year. For, she has for a Lodi. legion of people that dress just like her. Yes, uh, like, right. You know, exactly. And it's, yeah. it, it's like what proper fandom is all about. How yeah. does she dress? What, what should it, we be wearing? What's the flowy, wrinkled yeah. shirts already there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some, some glasses. Okay. Yeah, and you need like some thick unkempt hair. Glasses. You're down. You're actually yeah. fucking sorted. Yeah, you're down. Cool. And she's nice. I've, I, I've had her on the show and I've had her on my podcast before. She's a lovely person. She seems like a lovely awesome. person. Yeah. yeah. Also, speaking to a generation in a certain way is the man behind our album of the week this week. It is the debut album from Dermot Kennedy, the hotly anticipated Without Fear, and it sounds like this. We can have to all the stars that light the road Don't ever leave that girl so cold Never let me down, just leave me home Don't tell me this is all for nothing I can only tell you one thing On the nights you feel outnumbered Baby, I'll be out there somewhere I'll see everything you can be I see the beauty that you can That was outnumbered by Dermot Kennedy, very much the man of the moment, a star on the rise, or I guess his star has pretty much risen, has it, Craig? Yeah, it's there thereabouts. Um, you want a little primer for your mate? <laughs> for my mate? <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, so Dermot is a rat cool singer-songwriter, done good, or did he? Um, he's got a busking background, some classical training. Well built, I guess, for the streaming age. He's been self-publishing stuff for quite some time. And now on Interscope Island. Um, and I guess maybe 20 years ago, he would have been part of that whole, like, Whelan's scene. He certainly talked about the likes of Glenn Hansard and, you know, um, folk forebears as something of an influence. But he's definitely modernized that. There's kind of hip-hop uh, inflections uh, rounded off with a bit of a pop sheen. Sure, why not? Fed Sheeran can do it. Why not Dermot? <laughs> uh, but things have been going remarkably well for him. He seems primed and ready to kind of follow in Hosier's footsteps. Um, and is this the big leap? We shall find out with, without fear. Okay, so a lot in there, Craig. And, uh, <laughs> Ed Sheeran's an interesting touch point because when I interviewed Dermot uh, at the start of the summer, he was very much, I'm not Ed Sheeran, I'm not Ed Sheeran. Yes. I think that there are songs in this record that are Ed Sheeran. <laughs> we'll get to those. But let's start with you, Craig, because I kind of feel like, you know, Dahi and I, of course, are on record as going to see lots of Dermot Kennedy shows. Yes. Generally a fan of the guy, I want the best for him. I also want the best for him and all my <laughs> fellow human beings. I don't, I don't think you've really engaged with him until now. No, no. So my engagement has been purely from the podcast level. Um, skeptic or? Not quite a skeptic, but it wouldn't necessarily be my milieu, the pop realm in which he um, plays his trade. I guess what he's really good at, and he's clearly um, had great success with it, is that kind of very and. Un- Temic relatable thing. My problem with that kind of stuff is it never feels relatable for me. He's right, making yeah. music for all of the people except for me. <laughs> now, whether that's my fault, maybe this isn't an album review. Maybe it's a therapy session with Greg. I'm happy to have that. <laughs> In fact, I think that's what 186 episodes of the show have been building to. <laughs> yeah. uh, how'd you get on with this, basically, essentially? Um, I think all my um, my worries were confirmed. There's some really interesting stuff on this. I think he is. Um, quite a good kind of craftsman in terms of building songs that will do extremely well but I felt like too often they felt kind of 
hitting all the markers that, you know, a committee approved pop song that's going to chart will do. And I felt with a lot of the production, there's, there is some standout moments where I was like, oh yeah, there's, that's quite inventive. I like what he did there. Some of his kind of references, which I wouldn't like a huge amount to edge here and maybe being one of them, this felt more digestible. But overall, a lot of the production felt um, identical. didn't sit with what he was kind of putting across. And I think my problem, as it kind of can often be with artists, is the voice. Because he's got, you know, he's, he's had rave reviews for his voice. It's kind of uh, that croak and that strain. It's very earnest. It always feels like he's singing over my shoulder to the back rows or something and it's it lacks a certain intimacy so i couldn't quite find a way in with this record yeah i mean he like he does have that sort of voice that just feels like it's constantly striving for more like i I want to i want to find that person um that that hurt him (laughs) and shout at them (laughs) because whoever it was that broke his heart has has really done a number on him. Yeah. I, I don't know, like if like I don't write too many songs myself, so I don't know. Like when you sit down to write a song about heartbreak, do you amp it up or like do you know like where where, yeah, where, yeah. where what is the level that that, that, that you're at with it? I mean, this uh, is clearly amped up, right? It's yeah, very melodramatic. It has to be. Yes. It has to be. I even like thought of, I even came up with a Dermot Kennedy joke while like while I was trying to think of it. Um, do you want to hear it? Go on. It's really, yeah. It's really shit. Right. Um, <laughs> Why Why does Dermot Kennedy not wear tank tops? Why? Because he wears his heart on his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> is that all right? That's pretty like, solid, that's, yeah. Let's yeah, yeah. give, give it a six or seven. Put that yeah, on the album cover. Yeah. 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 You, you, uh, you, you could be his hype man at gigs. You could <laughs> open up the show. Oh, what a great audience. What a great audience. Yeah, yeah. I do think there's a point of difference like between him and like you know that that Whelan set that you said um that he probably would have been running about with 20 years ago. Um the same the same with like Hosier. I think he does stand out by himself. You can tell definitely that he comes from a busking background because his voice has really got one register and mm, yes and, and belting and, it like and, that's, and that's belting it and that's no bad thing i mean he you can almost feel the veins in his neck like protruding out um yeah. while he's straining so much to sing um i don't know if i agreed with you on like the identikit production and all the rest of it and like how it's made to be a pop record because like a lot. All of the songs are about four and a half minutes long, yeah. And the structure of a lot of the songs is a lot more interesting than a lot of pop music. Like he does have a lot. Of, he does do a lot of weird sort of um, middle eight changes and and outros that you wouldn't normally get with yeah. Ed Sheeran. Like I think his writing can be interesting in that way, but there's very clear delineations in terms of you know when he's hitting a certain emotional moment within the lyrics, you'll have suddenly there's a choral thing going on and then suddenly the strings swell at that kind of, often I felt quite cliched moment. Mm. It was all always building towards that huge anthemic chorus and payoff that was just, you know, universal and everyone could relate. And his songs, was it Walking on Cars front, front person that was just like, I write songs for other people. Was, there, was that an interview you did? Yeah, previously, I think that was Dave? Walking on Cars, yeah. I've never quite Sounds understood right, that, yeah. but it feels like to me, Dermot was, Kennedy yeah, yeah, writes songs kind of for other people. And there's a lot of that of like, I'll be there if you need me or like, I'll, you know, I'll be somewhere off on the horizon and you can get through this. And you're a ba- I know you better than you know yourself. You're a better person than that, blah, blah, blah. And it just felt very 
occasionally self-helpy and also you're making it sound like an, an anti's facebook posts you know like one of those like <laughs> motiv- motivators of, it does feel a bit like inspirational instagram posts at times i, I don't well know. i mean the walking on cars thing picture this has said that as well i i mean yeah. i'm not saying that Dermot kennedy doesn't write for the cheap seats because i think he's in a position now on a major label where he kind of almost has to and this record i think is very much a push-pull effect it's very evident across the course of the 13 tracks i mean for me you know obviously i want every album to be 10 tracks all the time but mm. with this one it's pretty easy to kind of cut and paste i mean like the, we mentioned Ed Sheeran and I don't think he should be beaten with that stick too hard because he's not Ed Sheeran he's quite quite superior I would argue but there mm. are tracks on this one and they're like Outgrown and Redemption which are back to back towards the end yeah, and, and I, The Corner yeah. which comes halfway through and those ones for me are the ones I would just lose they're perfectly fine at what they but do you'd lose all three of them? <laughs> don't <laughs> you yeah. say there yeah. so like alright okay go on I'll let you finish now and I don't know if we've got a mini I'll album <laughs> cheers Kanye <laughs> <laughs> I would lose them, yeah, because I just think that they're kind of, they're just radio. They're just like, this is going to be really uh, singly and kind of like straightforward. And I don't believe that they're his like favorites. I mean, I'd be surprised if they were. Yeah, like, uh, so the, one of my favorite things about Dermot Kennedy and the the thing I think that sets him apart from what we're kind of talking about, which is basically where we're, <laughs> we're talking about walking on cars, we're talking about Ed Sheeran and all that mm. stuff. I mean, like, he's been pushed to this idea where he has the singer-songwriter chops down and then he's also mixed with a kind of like, almost like a hip-hop undercurrent. Yeah. And I think with this album, the stuff that performs best and the stuff that like, hits me the hardest is when he adds in like the the, the hip hop like production side of things mm. it just makes it way more interesting and I, I kind of agree with you Craig when you're kind of saying like that production wise I've heard a load of those sounds before it feels really really like that again and again mm-hmm. and then there's there's times when that hip hop production or there's something more interesting coming in and I think like he'd be he'd be really well served if you brought in like a really interesting producer with him yeah um, cool. one of the problems that I think even like with 13 tracks as an album like especially in the first like five or six tracks like hearing his voice that gravelly voice is great for one song but my god like it gets stressful after a while yeah. like hearing him push so hard and all of the there's time there's rare glimpses where he kind of when he pulls back I'm way more intrigued right I, like, like yeah there's mm. something there where it's just and, and if it feels to me like and, and this is like a classic problem of a pop album where if you're if you're bringing out like a whole pile of like like where you're shooting for the chorus all the time, like with all those with all those songs all the way along. There's just no time to slow down at all. And again, like I think as an album, if you're talking about a full album from Dermot Kennedy, I think he would be well much much better served if he had more stuff like Without Fear say towards the end. If you could like yeah. just slow down for a second, but you and, know like, that's, go- that's coming. In, you know, you know that's coming. Yeah. Like, you know that like the the label will do a, a cynical acoustic only version of the album <laughs> just for streams, and, yeah, and it'll like, get a bajillion streams, and then you'll be able to hear what the song are yeah. like stripped back but I, but I, I genuinely <laughs> think there's going to be like a really like there's a really good album to come out of Jeremy Kennedy I, like, I really really think you could get like something really interesting like if he if if I mean, and we've kind of all said it in different ways that like this album is completely designed for as a pop album to get like as much. Oh, it's thirteen A sides. Like that's what it exactly. Is. Yeah, yeah. it's and, it's also yeah. going to completely and utterly work as well. Totally, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to yeah. be a huge record. Yeah, I mean, he's done his job in this particular moment for this, right? Like, Let I me mean, ask you this. Has he got enough of himself in? Because when I interviewed him that time, yeah. he's very much like someone who, I mean, look, the guy has not said the words out loud, I don't like Power Over Me. I'm sure he doesn't hate Power Over Me, but there's no way But he the way he's it. talked about it in interviews has been he's like, hinted, he's like, I know what I have to do here. <laughs> yeah, he's hinted that that, that that was a compromise song and yeah. that's a song that opened a lot of doors. Uh, outnumbered, obviously, but was I wouldn't say, as well. Sorry to Lost is a song that he, that he loves. So I, I think you can pick, if you know Dermot Kennedy, even without sitting down with him for half an hour and chatting yeah. to him, you can pick out but signatures 
characters, things, things that have come from his heart and soul, as opposed to, I can write this radio song. But I feel like there isn't a huge amount of difference between Power Over Me and a lot of stuff on this record. So is he compromising quite a lot? Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't yeah. be like, well, that's the real outlier. That's him just kind of, do you know? It's like, But there, there feels like a whole pile of tracks here that were like, there's like drums put in that are obviously designed to like really, really add some energy to a track. Whereas if they just remove that, done some slightly different things in terms of reduction, they could be really, really interesting. Yeah. And again, just like structure wise, it's very exactly what he needs yeah. to do right now. By the way, Mike Dean is like has a production hand on this, right? He did one yeah. song, I think. Was I it can't believe one? the album that has Mike Dean involvement that we're doing this week isn't Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> it's German Kennedy. By That's why I'm sounding salty. <laughs> well, actually, hang on. I mean, because Mike Dean, I think, was uh, he's all over moments past, right? Yeah. yeah. That song is two years old. Is that okay? But, but it's the, a standout for me. Song, I think that's a, load, a, that's a great song. Where he actually, yeah, but putting shines. it on your label, your major label debut two years later. But, but a load that's of like these Kavinsky tracks are like, like, like just are three <laughs> years later. Here it is. <laughs> There's so many versions of all of these tracks that he's like released over time or performed over time. There's like he is the type of artist that will have a song like kicking around for however many months. I did think that years, about like. Darren Kennedy generally is that he has he's released a lot of music um up until this point yeah and like it's probably more um of a state of the music industry more so than him just going here's a load of streaming age yeah well it's just like he takes like he's a pop artist it's like the hardest genre to break is pop music and you need to release as much music as you possibly can like i you know even with bands i work with bands quite a lot it takes three four years to even get them to like a level where they're still not making money <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's it could be a listener <laughs> Jesus yeah so when I first heard the album uh, I, I will admit I was underwhelmed uh, I think Dahi and I we've been kind of discussing we obviously want Dermot to make some kind of Bonnie Vera style record and I agree that someday he might and definitely could at the like moment a, like a hook laden yeah. version of that I sure think would be like uh, and I think it could it could happen I think you know it's it, like I, I keep pointing to the major label thing but obviously like it's a business this is a commercial mm. record and that's it's fine. There's no shame in that whatsoever. Uh, I do think it's an album that appreciates in value the more I listen to it, though. Uh, the, the stuff that I like, I really fucking like. You yeah. mentioned it briefly. The title track, Without Fear, I think is, is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I think it's gorgeous. I, I, I know where Craig's coming from with the idea of like the strings coming in, but on that one, to me, it almost turns into a bit of a Bond theme at one stage. I was like, this is really, really yeah. impressive. And, and it's, it's just it's just more interesting. Like, it genuinely Yeah, the is opening just track, An Evening I Will Not Forget, is a live favourite, and it's been kind of yeah, being And the strings actually work on that as well. Yeah. I really liked Outgrown, for instance, as well. Like, I thought it was, again, a, just a little bit more interesting. Do you not think it's just a bit too, like, formulaic, no? No. I, 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 I often found moments where I was like, oh, yeah, he's doing it here. Like, the lyrics didn't quite work for me. I just think a lot of his I imagery... His lyrics, I, do. I do like them a lot. They don't really chime with me in any way. Yeah. There's a lot of talk of demons. There's a lot of talk of holding on. There's a lot of. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like the playbook for every. Craig, where's your fucking heart? Yeah, exactly. He he did like be let go. Yeah, he does a lot of like sense of place stuff where he's like, and I remember being in the back of the bus. Yeah, the moon is constantly Uh, somewhere in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? It, it completely got me. I, I definitely felt it because I, I, I was pretty hungover when I was listening to you it have today. <laughs> and I, well, I, I, I have today. <laughs> and Dermot, Dermot dispelled them. Good. Well, that's good. 
if he grabbed me by the hand and he walked me into the light. <laughs> he does have all these little lines like he was like, uh, and I remember leaving the door open of the car to get a little bit of light in. Yeah, or whatever. I, like, yeah I get that. I but get it's, that. it's never yeah, enough. I have a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I open the door, the lights turn on. The when Dermot Kennedy said fridge, I felt that. <laughs> I feel like he's yeah. striving constantly to write like Castle on a Hill, but he doesn't quite get there. <laughs> I don't think he is. I, I think his, I think people want him to write that one. I'm sure management are in his ear, but I think yeah. ultimately... Well, one of the biggest songs of the like, yeah. No, and, yeah, in terms of like for what it will do yes, for you. Yeah, well, yeah. At the same time, like, I mean, that's just, yeah, there's attempts maybe. And again, I know Sharon is an obvious signature to point to. And it's only on those few kind of handful of tracks where I'm like, oh no, like you're kind of straying away from the Dermot Kennedy thing. I don't know if we know what the Dermot Kennedy thing quite is yet. We know it to a degree. Bruised, brooding songwriter who has, an, uh, I think, a, a, an incredible voice. Rag and uh, Bone Man if he was in the Ra. Uh... Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want to qualify that statement there? <laughs> no, just Christ. vocally, no. <laughs> you'd kind of, and this sounds like horrendous, but you'd almost want this album to not go well. I, it will definitely go well. But if it didn't go well, then he might be able to like go and like go back and go like and go. Okay, now I need to just try and do something really weird or different, right? Are you doing what you did with the Fontaines again? (laughs) (laughs) Just any band that does fairly well, like artist that does fairly well. Listen, I I meant that in a a good way, like like it wouldn't do well, and then he would go on to make like the Bonnie Vera. He doesn't get siloed into this thing of like he's right. No encore is of course the typical Irish begrudgery podcast. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, he's doing well. So now we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, I think as a first shot in anger, it's 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 it works. I think I, I think like what works, I I really like. What doesn't work, I'm not crazy about. Ultimately, for someone who's coming to him for the very first time, though, Dahi, because we're coming to him with an awful lot of kind of, I guess, emotional baggage of our own. Uh, what do you think is the like like is the selling point for you know people who've never even stepped their their foot in the door? I mean, I think we've seen most times if you see his shows, the the audience that like is just totally drawn to him. Everybody has like their song when they're right? not being when they're not being unruly pricks. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, when they're not being a difficult crowd. Man, they're I like, fear I fear those three arena gigs. But go on. They're so funny. Uh, we, 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 most of the time, I'll tell Philly like when you go to a Dermot Kennedy show, it's just like the songs will be playing and everybody will be completely silent or singing along to every single lyric and. Then and as soon as he starts going, okay, this is a song about, and then it's suddenly like <laughs> everybody's talking. He doesn't give a shit about what he says, and then like the song starts in again, and they sing every single word. It's because the people but, that like, go to his shows probably go to about like five concerts a year, and they love those artists. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're 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 there like for the big concert, basically. Yeah. But but the big thing Instagram that you notice story, is live stream, especially basically. with the male audience. I would say is that like they all have like a song, which is like their song that they've had for the year, and like it's like like it sums up this relationship that they had for the last year that is interesting though because I mean there's a guy I work with and he's a very nice fella like he's fairly sure he's in a lo- very sure he's in a long-term relationship and he is in love with Dermot Kennedy like, like it's hilarious I was talking to him the other day and he, like, he's like he's like, I, I bought the collector's edition vinyl you know I, I met him recently and like, like, he was just like I couldn't believe it I was just talking to Dermot Kennedy and like he is completely head over heels for Dermot Kennedy and I think it's because it's that thing it reaches right into the wounded heart of every Irish blogger yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it does it in such a way that it's like oh my god he gets it too right? so in that sense it's a, it's a success right and I think this album apart from Craig audience, apart from Craig yeah, well, yeah, complex yeah, fellow he's, he's obviously yeah yeah, yeah he's gone too he's too far gone yeah. he's too far gone it takes Craig a long time to block me <laughs> not even that voice can echo around my heart but yeah but I think like in at the end of the day he's actually he's nailed it for that audience which is basically his entire audience right like his like that's that's the people who really love it. Like the takeaway, really yeah, is that fans will very much enjoy this. Yeah, one. a solid eight out of ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I actually know. I'm revising that. 
Um, <laughs> so that's the hangover. Talking, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm finding it really difficult to concentrate today, which is like great for this podcast. Um, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I, I'd probably go five. I mean, it's fine in terms of craftsmanship. I think his fans will like it, but like, I, if you're a music fan, I don't think you'll be a fan of this. That is a fucking. <laughs> and I'm not, but no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not saying anything about his level of talent. But if you're I, a what music it, fan, what it is as a product is very like. As you, as Dahi said, like it's you know you'll You've go to that one gig a like, year. Yeah, yeah. You're not delving deeper into. There's a lot better stuff out there than this. But fair play to him. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I quite like it, and I quite like the songs that had actually already been released. So they're kind of like they've grown on me enough to be like a thing. So I'll call it a seven out of ten as well. It's a seven for me as well. Mm-hmm. I hope the second album is a bit more him and a bit less. I, I think streamy. I think we're gonna have to wait until like the what, fourth or. Fifth what are you album. gonna give it? Because that's three sevens. I give like, it five. Yeah, you know it's fine. For saying, for like, <laughs> give it something to five and saying it's not for music fans is <laughs> seems a bit redundant. Body in the text, like. <laughs> it's not an objectionable piece of work. Yeah. What's a what's a four out of ten then? If it, <laughs> As I've always said, it will cause death. death. <laughs> Craig is, a, Craig is our charismatic enigma. We can't. Like, we, oh, thank you. That's the nice thing there. Yeah, I gave you Jeff Hardy's nickname. There. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, okay. Interesting. Uh, let's see what the future holds for Jeremy Kennedy. This episode, he'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be fine. This episode of No Encore was engineered by Eve Murray, our sonic architect. In the other listening corner, uh, we talked about chromatics earlier on, of yeah. course. I've been listening to that, which came out of nowhere, and I'm enjoying it. Oh. 65 Days of Static released an album there last week. It's got a weird title, which is like Replicur 2019. And it's got weird kind of like track titles as well. But they're a band, if anyone doesn't know, they're kind of a instrumental math rocky band that's been around for quite some time. Yeah. Sheffield, I believe. I've interviewed them a couple of times. Lovely fellas, great music pretty much all the time. They're like a very reliable act. This is their first album since the soundtrack to No Man's Sky, which of course did not go well for gamers <laughs> everywhere. And uh, yeah, it's fucking great. They have a certain tone, a certain kind of sci fi kind of darkness that I, I'm always. Yeah, I was going to. I gave it like a quick listen and I was just like, this is probably too in tune with the oppressive nature of the times and I need something a bit lighter. So, <laughs> but it sounded good. <laughs> so you stuck on Dermot Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it's, it's very much Brexit at the record <laughs> there's also this thing of like Spotify have done a thing where they've done like the on repeat the songs that you can't get enough of they're just keeping track of how much you're listening to certain songs and uh, oh, okay. people have been doing this thing on Twitter where they're like post your top four and you're on repeat so my That's top serious, four yeah. in my on repeat are Unsainted by Slipknot which is without question the song I've heard the most this year Violence by Grimes Sunflower oh, by Post Malone. Oh yeah, and People by the 1975. Is it on repeat wow, or repeat I, rewind? I actually I don't know if I want to do this because like what if, <laughs> you it's, got, what if it's really embarrassing? Like my, my I love this. The three guys in front of me have just whipped out the phone. <laughs> my, like my my secret um <laughs> my, oh, my, my secret really Osmond's love is going to come out. Um, <laughs> Greg, you went to like the home did you, thing. Did you know that Deezer did a have done a Brexit? playlist oh jesus these are still <laughs> and, exist. And the, yeah these are still exists and they, they i was chatting to somebody yesterday and they were telling me that there's a brexit playlist and the songs on it uh, europe the, the final countdown kind of thing um the europe immigrant final. song by led zeppelin um <laughs> and there's just like there's tons of there's tons of them like who thought that was a great idea <laughs> sitting down in a playlist meeting or going guys i've got the i've got the playlist it's the play like while you play it, like yeah. sky news as it as the whole thing fucking blows up it always freaks me out that deezer is like part owned by weezer and that's why it's, it's called that like what? it's so weird is that, no, is that, no, that amazing? Oh, yeah, yeah. good god that was up there with philly's Jeremy kennedy joke <laughs> my, my on repeat is sunflower by post malone get in <laughs> dirty laundry danny brown he jay paul and untitled interpol yeah i've been rinsing that lately that's right. weird fair yeah. enough dahi and philly are currently comparing <laughs> notes over here it's making for great radio here guys <laughs> Oh my god, your phone is 
Uh, my one is um, uh, Cheap Queen by King Princess, which is a fucking great tune. Fix Your Picture by Aldous Harding. Oh, uh, nice. Holy Fields by Bonnie Bear. And uh, Bags by Claro. Wow. Of course. Interesting. Ooh. That's pretty good. Do we have yours, Philly? I don't know how to find it. Damn it. How okay. did I find it? I think it was, uh, is it you made for you? Going just to if somewhere? you type in... <laughs> I've never felt like Stay such a I've, I've never felt like such a granddad my whole life. I've just on the, on the phones. Yeah. I've just deleted the internet. <laughs> so my my four are Mall Grab, Moogie. How the fuck is the Libertines in there? <laughs> Anthems for Doomed Youth. I've never listened to that album once. Yeah, yeah. A Tribe God Quest. And Mauro Bocato Lizard. Oh my god. <laughs> this wow. is really weird. I've never listened to any of these songs. Any of them. Mauro Bocato Lizard. <laughs> Someone using your could account. You, could you imagine like me sitting <laughs> sitting at home? And oh my favourite on repeat track for the Finally we got the party started on this podcast. <laughs> I am now imagining that. Uh, what have you been listening to apart oh, yeah. from Mauro Bocato? I've I've been listening to um lots and lots of um, weirdy beardy dance music. I've been listening to loads of Ski Mask. Oh, um, yeah. at the minute, I've been enjoying all that sort of stuff. Um, mainly, mainly Ski Mask and Floating Points. Actually, Floating Points had a new um EP that came out today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've I've got sick of lyrics, <laughs> so, <laughs> so all I want to hear so, is so the, a Dermot Kennedy yeah, album was really down the line. All I want to hear is the ten same samples that all <laughs> DJs and producers use over and over and over again, like Marlena Shaw and whatever soul record from yeah, the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been listening to the Babies album, uh, Kirk, which is doing big numbers. Um, he's the new <laughs> rap sensation. There's some bangers on it. I think I'm going to get sick and tired of it, but there's some good kind of very one-dimensional bangers on it so check that out you're all right you have yeah. a hell of a week <laughs> it's been a very busy week i'm tired fleek, fleek. i want a kanye album i listened to uh oldie but a goodie uh lucky shiner by gold panda it was i was listening Ooh. to all week which was deep lovely. cut yeah yeah it was great really really enjoyable uh, that's what I listened to. I was happy for you. I listened to you on the radio, Dahi. So I did. Oh, did you? Yeah, the you're BBC, up with the BBC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also watched a video of you playing Jenga over the summer. Oh, Jesus! I stumbled yeah. across it. I was searching board games or something, and like Dahi's face popped up playing <laughs> Jenga. Like, was it a festival or was it an entertainment? It, it was. Uh, yeah, I went to an office block and played Jenga with it. It was presenter. very humorous. Yeah, it was good. They love you up north and across the line, don't they? You've yeah, been, they been up there done loads. Shout out to Riggs. He's his it, last show tonight, I think, as we're as we're speaking. He's like not doing across the line anymore. Yeah. There's a shake up. There's a, sh- a shake up at Radio Ulster. That man up. has been an absolute legend for Irish he is music an absolute for legend. I think he's still doing he's 18 years. Yeah, he's like producing. There's a new yeah. new girl coming in called Gemma Bradley. Who That's right. Yeah, she's like 23 years old. She's, I think, even younger. She's like a she's, she's like a backing singer for Soleil. Um, she writes her own stuff. She's great. Unreal. And she's gonna absolutely kill it. Great. Yeah. Did one of the last Exciting sessions times for, for Northern Irish music and Irish music. There you go. Philly, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Take it off. Welcome back anytime, <laughs> sir. 
Uh, Exit Music this week comes from a friend of the show as well, Paddy Hanna. He's uh, part of this Ultramond project. Anybody check these guys out? Yeah. Like Jay Leno. Daniel Fox. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Where are these guys? Do this? Daniel yes. Fox has in fact produced this of girl band fame and Paddy Hanna has fronted it. Paddy Hanna has morphed into Win Butler from Arcade Fire on this one. It's a stomp, guys. So it is. Uh, they're playing Ireland Music Week this weekend, of course. And this one I uh, read off Nyler's website so that they wanted to make a song about the addiction of making pop songs and irresponsibly chasing the perma-receding horizon of professional musicianship. That sounds grim, but the song is actually really good <laughs> and it's upbeat and I enjoyed it. And that's why Ultramon's On The Record is our exit song today. My name is Dave Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Going to say goodbye to Dahi for a few weeks. Yeah, I'm going to be gone yeah, for Bye. the next two or three weeks. Bye. Release we'll a fucking you. album. Oh yeah, Let's everyone go it. check out Dolly's album and go and see him. <laughs> Very high. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. No encore. Bye bye. Oh
Podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of a Capital Fourth. Join your host Vanessa Williams with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's a Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central, only on PBS. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.